This is Jeremy from the Nerd Out Loud podcast, and I pay money to Patreon every month just to help alleviate the guilt I feel from not listening to I Doubt It with Dolomore. And Brittany, we're worried about you. Blink twice if you're being held against your will. We're here to help. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. All right. Welcome to the show, everybody. Thank you for joining us. This 255th edition <laughs> of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore, and sitting across from me, as she always does, the lovely, the talented, and the tired, Brittany Page. See, I thought that you were going to say sick. No. Oh, I should have said sick. To prepare everybody. Because it sounds like you smoke a pack a day right um, now. My voice does not sound as good as it usually does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, so, is, that is for sure. That's a thing. I think it's just the this entire election cycle has just taken its toll. On me. Yeah, on you. On yeah. me I'm personally. Not on me. I'm I'm fit as a fiddle, <laughs> yeah. as they say. Yeah. It uh I don't think it's the election. It could be the election, part of it probably. But um yeah, I've been sick more this year than any other year in my life. So I don't know I don't know what's going on. Something. You're sickly. Well, you were just informing me today that you slather the antibacterial solution on your hands like three times an hour. <laughs> no, that's not true. <laughs> I I use those wet ones, those antibacterial oh, wipes um, several times a day while I'm at work because one of my million jobs that I do is I work as a tutor with kids and they are gross. They are ass picking, <laughs> nose picking, yeah. any orifice that might leak or secrete. Their fingers are in there. There was one time where the kid was typing and his hand was glistening. And I, I looked at his hand. I said, oh, the, your hand is wet. And someone said, yeah, he just sneezed. Oh, uh, wow. <laughs> and he had just sneezed all over his hand and kept typing. Just type, type, type. That is horrific. With a sneeze hand. Wow, his his sneeze hand. Yeah, really gross. So I <laughs> I handed him a wet one wipe. <laughs> They're very useful. This episode brought to you by Wet One Wipes, everybody. <laughs> so I thought that you would have been tired and 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 beat because of the the election cycle has finally come to an end. This is our final show before Tuesday, November eighth. It's pretty amazing. The election for president of the United States. Pretty amazing. Yeah, it's been. It has been a journey. <laughs> it has definitely been entertaining. It has been horrific in many horrific, ways. Yeah. But it's also been, I think, a learning experience. Of course. Kind of a master class in how to communicate with those who, one, I would think are, are a lost cause, mm -hmm. but also those who you might think are a lost cause who, who really are listening. Your message is kind of getting through the static. Right. And and I have I have learned it's hard for me because you know I I tend toward the fiery, uh huh. <laughs> um, I tend toward ah, the rage. Really, but I've learned a lot from you through, throughout all of this because it's you you are a very uh, methodical communicator, especially online. And I think we could all uh, take a page out of your playbook. Didn't didn't you just recently get a message from someone? I did. Who is diametrically opposed politically? Yes. But they sent you like a nice, hey, you're you're great, or I don't I don't remember what it was, but it was yeah. something something like that, right? What what was it? Yeah. Well, before I read it, I want to say thank you for your praise. Although I I do want to say that <laughs> it may be somewhat misguided because there are often times where I would love to just say, "When's the last time you read a book?" You know. Yeah, but you don't. But I don't. Yeah, I do. I just think it. Yeah, I do. That's the problem. Okay, that See, that's is the, the problem. Difference. That's the difference. No, it, it's the, the praise isn't misguided. Hey, listen, take a fucking compliment. Okay, here, How I'm going to read the message right now. <laughs> so here's the fiery thing that you were talking about. Okay, so this person is an evangelical Christian Trump supporter. 
And there was an instance a couple weeks ago where they posted something that was um, factually incorrect. Shocker. And Shocker that an evangelical Christian Trump supporter would share something that was factually incorrect. So I just left a comment about how it was factually incorrect. I don't remember exactly what I said or even what the link was. I don't I don't really remember. And they wrote me this message. Hey, I was just researching some candidate in Idaho's local races and you popped into my head. I just wanted to say thanks again for calling me out when I would post something stupid and not well thought through. I try to see things with a level head and there were times when I would fail to think things through. It kept me more on guard for filtering what I research or see on social media and news. So thank you. That's nice. Yeah, it was very nice. And I wrote them back and I said, you know, thank you very much for this message. I know that we disagree on most things. Still, <laughs> yeah. even after, you know, in, in, the, in the wake of this message, it's not that, oh, hey, you changed my mind. I agree now. It's just that you've illuminated her on how to fact check more effectively. I guess. And and so I said to her, you know, I'm thankful that we're connected here because that is something that I'm passionate about as well is not creating an echo chamber for myself. So I don't yeah. I don't hide Trump supporters out of my feed. I don't hide Christians out of my feed. I want a pretty decent mix and Facebook doesn't give you that decent mix. Yeah, yeah. They try to filter and, and make you see what you want to see. I don't like that. I want to keep it a pretty decent mix. Even if I'm scrolling through and I get pissed off, that's good for me because it's going to force me to challenge myself and really think about why I disagree with what I'm seeing. And it's going to keep me on my toes, keep me a little bit more uh, factual, I think. Sure. Well, I like it. There's another aspect that I like about it. Not because this is something we've talked about for a long time on this program. That I don't mute, I don't delete, I don't unfriend, I don't do any of that stuff because I don't want to create that echo chamber. Same thing you just said. Mm -hmm. But the reason I think that, that I like it that's different is because I know a lot of people. I grew up in northern Idaho, and I know a lot of people who really do believe right now that Trump is kicking ass and taking names in this election because they say, well, when I drive down the street, all I see are Trump signs. <laughs> well, yeah, you live in Idaho, dude. Mm -hmm. And all the people on your friends list, you know, they're Trump people, too. Yeah. So, and you live in an Idaho town with a population of like 2,000 people. Right, right. Or well, even if you go to a another Idaho town, all the Idaho towns I go to, they all have Trump. You, that's not an accurate representation of what's going on. Right, so what I'm saying is... Rural I, America. Yeah, I like having... The diversity of opinion in my face, even when it does enrage me sometimes, because I get a pretty decent cross-section of what real America thinks. Because if I was to base, well, we live in Orange County, so it would be Trump County here. But if we lived in L.A., I would know, I would believe that Hillary Clinton was running away with this even more than she actually is. Mm -hmm. So that is another reason why I would admonish the audience to not unfriend. To, I mean, if someone's being abusive, eh, yeah, I get that. I don't even unfriend in that case. Yeah, me either. I still have someone that's harassing me regularly. <laughs> yes. Aggressive harassment. Yeah, but it's kind of fun. Anyway, it's awesome. And I, and I do. I know I don't, I don't give you a ton of vocal overboard praise because I like to keep you humble, Brittany Page. Mm. But you definitely are about. a good, good communicator. Uh, on social media. Well, and this kind of goes to what Jonathan asked, I think, a couple weeks ago, too, you, about... My, you mean my new best friend? Yeah. <laughs> about how to communate with people on YouTube. And, and we said, don't do that. Yeah, yeah. And this is kind of what I was talking about. Because they're not about. looking to communicate. They're also not people you have relationships with. And so yeah. this is someone I don't really have a relationship with, but I did go to high school with them. And well, somewhat of a relationship. You, yeah. You, you know them. You, you've... You've interacted with them in person. Right. It's more of a relationship than I just read their username and their comments. Yeah. yeah. And that's all I know yeah, about them. Sure. Well, that's awesome. All right. Well, we do have an email to get to. We, we got a lot of voicemails this week. We got a lot of, of other communication, but there's just so much to get to um, because it is the last episode before the election. So without further ado, let's get to that email and then on with the show. This is from Kelly, newish listener and super happy to wait, be wait, a wait. newish listener? 
That's what it says. All right. <laughs> and super happy to be a patron now. So I was a huge... Hey, hey, hey. We are happy, too, that you're a patron. We are so happy. Should I let you read the whole rest of the email, that or should I continue to interrupt great. every five or six It words? would be great if you would let me read. Okay. All right. So I was a huge Bernie supporter. Wait, wait. Bernie <sighs> Sanders? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Parenthetically, volunteered, phone banked, sent money, even drove people to the polls on primary day. I was crestfallen when he lost, and I was enraged when the leaked emails proved that the DNC had their thumb on the scale for Clinton and Debbie Washerman Schultz had indeed been gaslighting when she said it was all in the heads of Bernie supporters. So for months, I've been comfortably thinking, oh, I can vote green, hope they get to 5% so they can get federal funding and not have to vote for Clinton because I'm in a neon red state. Then the FBI showed their hand, and now I realize I have no choice but to hold my nose and vote for Clinton because I need Trump to go away. I know that misanthropic media whore will never go away, but at least the chance of him getting into power won't hang over the nation like the sword of Damocles. And what I fear almost more than a Trump presidency is the idea that Clinton wins the Electoral College but loses the popular vote because that would cause a schism that could lead to real violence in the good old U.S. of A. and even a civil war part two. And I highly doubt that Trump would have the grace to leave the way Gore did. I live in the solid South and they are angry and looking for any reason to start shit. And I can't stomach the idea of that or months more of Trump being able to command media attention by trying to relitigate the election and undermine the will of the people. Anyway, sorry for the rambling and all the parentheticals. I needed to get that off my chest. And I adore your show. And of course, Miss Brittany, if you're nasty, is the best part. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. I'm assuming you're the best part. Are you? Are you nasty? Uh, yeah. Or is that a <laughs> is that a a Clinton Trump debate reference? That is also a Janet Jackson reference. All right, all right. So you should probably get with the program on that. Uh, I also fear. Well, one Trump. None of those things are going to happen. Donald Trump is not going to win the popular vote. Donald Trump is not going to win this election. I still stand by my claim that it's going to be a lot farther apart than people believe. But I do believe if that were to be the case, Kelly, if it were to be a lopsided popular vote versus electoral vote like it was with Gore and President Bush, that there would be a a divide even greater than there is now because they would he would claim a constitutional crisis even though this has happened before he would claim he would rally the troops so to speak and it it could be a problem i don't think that's the situation we're in but i share with you <laughs> relief that this is almost over it's a big deal thank you for the email we appreciate it very much if you too would like to sound off Communicate with the show. You can call 657-464-7609 or, of course, email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Speaking of the numbers and the email address, we really want to hear from you for your Thanksgiving submissions, what you're thankful for. Someone left a comment on the Facebook page today that made a lot of sense because we have received some. They're starting to trickle in but nowhere near the amount that we need to pull this off. So we really do want your participation. But the person commented and said, they're going to wait and see after the election. Oh, right. And that makes a lot of sense to me why we're not receiving, because people are, I think, ner nervous. Yeah. And they don't, they don't feel thankful right now because things are so up in the air. They don't know where we stand with having a possible orange-faced Fuhrer at the helm of the executive branch of our government. Well, we're still going to have to find a way to be thankful for something, right? Yeah, well, but but I understand. Yeah. Like, okay, let's let's get the election behind us. Then I'll probably have a lot more to to time to focus on what I'm really thankful for. Right. So, time if, to relax. If that's the case, that's fine. We'll be bothering you until until the time is up, but yeah. I mean, I need these submissions by the 20th. Yes. No later than the 20th. And even that's kind of a pain in my ass because it takes a long time to put this together. Um, 
because it's audio. I'm cutting together, splicing together audio and blah, blah, blah. And listen, if you did one last time or you did one on the first episode that we did it, send one in again. Just because you participated before doesn't mean you can't participate again. We, we want you to. Because so far, everybody who's ever participated has been rock solid and making me cry. So <laughs> it's a good thing. All right. Well, let's move on. Support for I Doubt It with Dolomore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like yourself by way of Patreon. You can contribute per episode as much or as little as you'd like, comforted by the knowledge that you're within your budget and helping move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you too would like to become a supporter, please visit patreon.com slash I Doubt It with Dolomore. Josh. Josh. <laughs> Josh. Joshua. Thank you <laughs> for being our latest Patreon supporter. Join in the family. Yes. Patreon and PayPal supporters. We appreciate it so, so much. In fact, you're just in time because we are going to schedule in advance a couple of Google Hangout sessions for our Patreon people. And we're going to send the dates out. Based on the information we got from the survey that Brittany put out, mm-hmm. one of the people said, I'd like more than, a, than an hour of notice. So we're going to do that. <laughs> we're going to send out a message about a week in advance, five days to a week in advance, and then we will schedule it. Well, it'll be scheduled. That's what the email will be. But you guys will have some advance notice. So you can plan around it. Mm-hmm. Huh? It's a great idea. Yeah. So look for, look for that, that message wherever you receive the messages from Patreon. Yes. We've already talked about the Thanksgiving submissions. So I guess I guess that's it. Dollamocracy 2016, facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. Well, I think the audience knows that I'm not a fan of tooting my own horn. <laughs> what, um, what are you laughing about? Well, I'm pretty sure the the opposite is true. I think you're a real oh, big fan. Yeah. You're right. Of tuning your own. I horn. love to toot my own horn. Oh, here and it comes. here we are, everyone. We've come to the moment in the show where I get to do just that. I have been screaming about <laughs> FBI Director James Comey, the seven foot tall lurch who has inserted himself into this presidential election by writing a letter to con- congressional Republicans saying, ah, I'm going to look at the, we're not sure what these emails say, but oh, there's some emails. We're not even sure. I'm going to get a warrant. We're going to look at them. And he threw this election into flux. It was a problem. I did a video about it with Occupy Democrats. I have been screaming about it on my show. I've been screaming about it on Twitter. And what do we have today? Shocking news. It's uh, from the director of the FBI to uh, all the same Republican chairman uh, of uh, the committees uh, on the House and the Senate about the information that they've been looking at in Anthony Weiner's computer. Right. Um, Okay. The headline is we're sticking with our original assessment from July, the FBI director says. Not criminal. Which is that no criminal acts took place. Uh, Although, obviously, he also said uh, the way that Hillary Clinton and her staff handled the information was extremely careless. But but the headline is, nothing new here has changed our conclusion. And I'll just read the letter. Yeah, please do. Uh, Dear Mr. Chairman, I write to supplement my October 28, 2016 letter that notified you the FBI would be taking additional investigative steps which, with respect to former Secretary of State Clinton's use of a personal email server. Since my letter, the FBI investigative team has been working around the clock to process and review a large volume of emails from a device obtained in connection with an unrelated criminal investigation. We know that to be the the investigation into Anthony Weiner. During that process, we reviewed all of the communication that were to or from Hillary Clinton while she was Secretary of State. Based on our review, we have not changed our conclusions that we expressed in July with respect to Secretary Clinton, that none of the acts were were criminal. I am very grateful to the professionals at the FBI for doing an extraordinary amount of high-quality work in a short period of time. Sincerely yours, James Comey. So why, James Comey, did a week ago, you come out and say that, oh, well, well, everything I've said up to this point, I'm not going to rehash exactly what went on. So the fact still remains there are questions to be answered 
about the fitness for duty of James Comey, about the decision-making capabilities of the current director of the FBI. And it's not just liberals and Democrats and Hillary Clinton supporters who are saying it. Stalwart conservatives, respected conservatives like Judge Napolitano, who's over on Fox News, he has big problems. He's disappointed. He was on with Shep Smith, and he had this to say. Fox News senior judicial analyst Judge Andrew Napolitano. Shep. You got quite a thing coming out in, in uh, Washington Post and foxnews.com tomorrow. Uh, the, the piece is called J. Edgar Comey, in which I compare Jim Comey to J. Edgar Hoover. And the, the, the argument is this, a willingness by the director of the FBI to inject the Federal Bureau of Investigation into the political process. There was absolutely no duty, obligation, or right for him to announce that the Clinton investigation had been opened. Look, if they found a treasure trove of information on Anthony Weiner's laptop, they are duty-bound to investigate what they found. But the law prohibits the, uh, the uh, FBI from taking a snapshot, a progress report of a criminal investigation and broadcasting that. It's sort of like, hey, we have some stuff on you. We don't know what it is. We haven't looked at it yet. We haven't decided the we significance of it. We don't even know if it's about you or about somebody that works for you, but we're just telling everybody that uh, that we have it. That violates due process, the essence of which is notice what's going on and fairness. And uh, I'm very disappointed, as are a lot of people from all over the political spectrum, Republicans, Democrats, libertarians, progressives, uh, about uh, Jim Comey's announcement. What should happen to him? I can't imagine that he stays in office under either a president, a Hillary Clinton, or a president, uh, well, Donald Trump. Trump's loving on him until this thing doesn't go his way, and then he'll hate him. But, you know, well, you know, that, uh, Donald Trump has expressed extreme negative views about Jim Comey and now extreme positive views yeah. about Jim Comey. Mrs. Clinton hasn't said anything publicly about him. There, there's all this discussion about what he did, but had he not done this, the chances are mighty good, like the sun coming up, that this information would have leaked. Yes. And then there would have been the accusation of playing favoritism in the other direction. But the FBI doesn't work for the Congress, right. and the FBI is not supposed to be transparent. It's also not supposed to make legal judgments about whether or not a prosecutor would take a case. It gathers facts in secret. It presents those facts in secret to the Justice Department, and the Justice Department decides, are we going to go to a grand jury? Are we going to indict? Or is, is this not a case worth pursuing? And is this something the public needs to know about? For him to have made public announcements on his own is where he injected the FBI in the political process 10 days before the election, which was the reason for the comparison to Hoover, who never had problems doing that. It, what, if you're going to get in the, if what you say is all true, then shouldn't there be some sort of some sort of recourse against someone who inserted himself into the process? I don't think that the president like that. wants or the attorney general want to take that recourse between now and the election day. There might be some recourse after election day. Huh? Like like what? Like you're out of here or a public rebuke or something? Or like uh, Attorney General uh, Lynch saying, well, we've looked at all these emails and it's, a, it's all about Huma and Anthony. It's not about Hillary. And this statement shouldn't have been made with the implication that it's about her. Because when he sent the letter to Congress, in fact, he had not seen those emails. We know that because he sent the letter on Friday and the search warrant author authorizing review of the emails wasn't signed until Sunday night. So the people working on the Anthony Weiner sexting case look through, they see Huma and, and, and Hillary Clinton on there, and they don't peek? Really? They probably did peek. Right. It's human nature, and I can tell you, there are some times when you see things that you shouldn't see. When yep. that happens, you report it. Not to the press, you report it to your superiors. I'm told that most of this, her email file got duped onto a computer. Right. They didn't really realize it was there. Right. All this stuff, or at least the vast majority of it, has already been turned over to the Fed. So what they have is a big duplicate, basically, unless unless our sources are misleading us. But I, I trust them. I've trusted them for decades. We, we all have great sources. We are all hearing uh, the same thing. And, and I'm convinced that Director Comey jumped the gun. Look, if I'm wrong, if there's some bombshell in there, again, his duty is not to go to the Congress and not to go to the press, but go to his bosses in the Justice Department. And now we find out Judge Napolitano and Shepard Smith, neither of them were wrong. And for the record, <laughs> <laughs> and for the record, 
Neither was I. I I do want to say, I didn't look... Wait until my horns get done tuning, (laughs) Brittany Page. I'm very sorry. (laughs) I I do want to say that I didn't look at the comments on this video, and I should have, because I'm sure that Fox News viewers were extremely unhappy with the judge. Right. Because he is typically conservative-leaning. He's a libertarian. He's a libertarian, that's right. And so he generally espouses conservative views. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> this flies in the face of what conservatives want to hear right now. Well, l- let's, let's, let's pare that down. It flies in the face of what Trump supporters would like to hear. Because what Trump is espousing aren't conservative narratives aren't conservative policy points they're trumpian policy points you know what i mean there there is there is a difference to be to be had there yeah i would say that's fair and anytime i look at the links on megan kelly's page or shepherd smith's page the comments are overwhelmingly negative because and hatefully vitriolic too right because these are two people who who don't toe the Fox News line. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And they aren't giving the Trump supporters what they want to hear. So that makes them very unhappy. The Trump supporters. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But this was a very honest conversation between two very rational, reasonable people. Yeah. Well, so so this is the problem. This was obviously uh, yesterday or the day before, prior to this latest revelation from Comey saying... Yeah, nothing to see here. Move along, folks. Sorry that I injected myself in the most pivotal election in all of our lifetimes. But there's another person we need to look at. And I would I would dare say, if not for the the notion that this should just all be put us put behind us and move on, I think an investigation should be had surrounding Rudy Giuliani, what he knew and how he got the information that he got surrounding this last round of email discoveries. He was on with Martha McCallum over at Fox News, and this went down at the very end of his segment. And I think he's got a surprise or two that you're going to hear about in the next two days. Right. I, I mean, I mean, I'm talking about some pretty big surprise. Oh, yeah, I heard you say that this morning. What do you mean? You'll see. Stay tuned. Rudy Giuliani. You're lucky because we got to go. I'm out of time. Otherwise, I keep pressing you. We're not going to go down. And we're certainly not going to stop fighting. We've got a couple things up our sleeve that should turn this around. We've got a couple things up our sleeve. That sounds a lot to me like this was a Trump thing. Yeah. It's up our sleeve. Mm-hmm. No, no. I'm, not the FBI has some information. Right. This is the trick that's up our sleeve. Yeah. Well, Comey did what he did about seven days ago, eight days ago or so, while we were in Nashville. And Giuliani took to Fox News and took to CNN and took to the airways once again to talk about, almost in a tootin' his own horn kind of way, talking about this very thing. Well, the first day that he went out... He was on Fox News with those clowns over at Fox and Friends talking about this very thing, except he admitted freely that he knew about the leak and was communicating with people within the Justice Department and the FBI about what was going to happen. I, I had expected this for the last, uh, honestly, to tell you the truth, I thought it was going to be about three, four weeks ago because um, for, uh, back, way back in July this started. I think they keep they kept getting stymied, uh, looking for subpoenas, looking for records. You know, uh, she said in her interview, for example, that she didn't have a memory of her exit interview from the CIA because she lost her memory after the concussion. The FBI agents who did that did what any good FBI agent would do. They want a corroboration of it. They wanted to get the medical records that showed, is she telling the truth? God bless her, she is. Or is she lying? In which case, that's Martha Stewart. Mm -hmm. You get indicted. They weren't allowed to get the medical records. Yeah, of course. Well, you do that to an honest FBI agent. I mean, just an honest guy doing his his job. Swore he gets angry. Yeah. So this has been boiling up in the FBI. I did nothing to get it out. I had no 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 role in it. Did I hear about it? You're darn right. I heard about it, and I can't even repeat the language that I heard from the former FBI. Well, let's just say they're leaking. 
So what did he say? Did I hear about it? You're darn right I heard about it. <laughs> yeah. He's getting information. Well, something changed because later in the day, he was on with Wolf Blitzer. Before you go on, I want to comment. Yeah. Was he saying that the FBI was like, was he saying that there were personal members within the FBI that were feeling frustrated because of the way things went? Yes. And so they were taking their personal angst into this situation. Th that has been widely reported. Yeah. Um, That's not a problem anybody yeah that's a big problem absolutely you're gonna piss somebody off so they're gonna come after you well of course well, of course well in trump world that is how it works it's very strange yeah so later in the day he's on with wolf blitzer and something happened apparently somebody got to rudy giuliani and said hey why don't you pipe down about admitting to illegal activity <laughs> because his story went from you're darn right I heard about it and I was in the loop and I knew about this and expected it four weeks ago it went from that to what no I don't uh, I, I don't know anything uh, two days before director Comey the FBI director sent that letter to Congress on the Huma Abedin emails that were found on her estranged husband's computer uh, Anthony Weiner this is what you said on Fox News I'll play the clip and I think he's got a surprise or two that you're going to hear about in the next two days. Right. I, I mean, I mean, I'm talking about some pretty big surprise. Oh yeah, I heard you say that this morning. What do you mean? You'll see. Stay tuned, Rudy Giuliani. We're, you're lucky because we got to go. I'm out of time. Otherwise, I keep pressing you. We're not going to. We're not, we're not going to go down, and we're certainly not going to stop fighting. We got a couple things up our sleeve that should turn this around. All right, since then, uh, you've suggested you've had conversations with former current FBI agents. Uh, to be clear, did anyone leak any aspects of that Clinton email investigation to you? Uh, no, I have spoken to no current FBI agents. Uh, gosh, in the last eight months, nine months, ten months, certainly not about this. And in that particular uh, situation, I was actually talking about... Hang on a minute. I'm going to stop it there. I've spoken to no current FBI agents. It's an interesting qualifier. Yeah, no current. So maybe he spoke to a former FBI agent who is talking to current FBI agents. And then he adds, and certainly not about this. So which is it? Because if you're not speaking to any FBI agents, you don't need that last qualifier. And certainly not about this. Yeah. If I say, if I have information about something and I say, listen, I haven't talked to Brittany about that. No, I haven't talked to Brittany at all in the, in the last six months. I haven't talked to Brittany and certainly not about this. Well, I don't, I don't need to say that part because if I haven't talked to you. Right. Of course it wouldn't be about whatever because I haven't goddamn talked to you. Yeah. Rudy Giuliani. Ah, again, something's wrong with this man. No about the advertising campaign that you were referencing earlier that I knew was going to come as a big surprise. And there were about four different formulations of it at that point that uh, we had in mind. And I didn't know which one we were going to use, but I knew one was going to be a big surprise. I wasn't referring to uh, any possible uh, you know, information about uh, emails or, or that sort of thing. Because in this letter that has just come out from uh, two Democratic uh, ranking members of, of respective committees, Elijah Cummings and John Conyers, they say, and they refer to an interview you gave this morning. Let me read the first two sentences for the letter. This is a letter to the uh, Inspector General of the U.S. Department of Justice. This morning, Rudy Giuliani, one of Donald Trump's closest and most vocal campaign advisors, appeared on national tele television and confirmed that he had obtained leaked information about the FBI's review of Clinton-related emails several days before FBI Director James Comey sent his letter to Congress last Friday about this matter. In fact, Mr. Giuliani went even further and bragged about the information he had obtained, stating, quote, did I hear about it? You're darn right I heard about it. So they're saying that you confirmed this morning you got this leaked information before the FBI wrote to Congress about the, the new review he that, wanted to I mean, That's not correct. I, I've had no conversations with anyone inside the FBI. Have I, I have heard uh, for the last four months a tremendous amount of uh, information about the consternation within the FBI, 
the fact that FBI agents were very unhappy with the way they were being treated by the Justice Department. That's all true. But none of it came from any current. F I haven't talked to a current FBI agent, as I told you, in the last Gosh, at least eight or ten months. But did you know, Mr. Did you know, Mr. Mayor, that the uh, that Comey was about to make this announcement right to Congress? We did some checking. You were on the Lars Larson radio show the other day, uh, and you said uh, you are getting that kind of information from active FBI agents. So you used that term. Uh, I, I just want to make sure make sure we're, we're getting that right. We listened to the audio, and you were talking about current FBI agents, at least in that radio interview with Lars Larson. Well, the information I've been getting is from former FBI agents. So you misspoke I have to got, Lars Larson. I, I, if I did, if I did say that, uh, that was wrong. I have not, I have not spoken to a on-duty FBI agent. <laughs> wow! About I, anything. I guess for the last ten months. I don't know. I, I've, I've actually never talked about this investigation to any current member of the Justice Department or current FBI agent. So then... <laughs> <laughs> I mean... What in the hell is going on? Because I'm still not clear. And I think that Wolf Blitzer could have been more forceful here. Oh, yeah. Wait a minute. So did you lie then yeah, on that radio show? Of course Rudy Giuliani is a liar. Or are you lying now? Right. You, he's just shucking and jiving and trying to get back away from this. What I didn't... Hadn't gathered prior, Brittany when I prepared this clip was that that letter from Congress that they talked about is probably what spurred him zipping his lip. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because the story is changing from sentence to sentence, even in this Wolf Blitzer interview. Yeah, it's very awkward. There needs to be an investigation about to whom he spoke. I mean, I realize he is a Trump surrogate and he is trying to, to put his thumb on the scale for Trump. But he shouldn't be privy at all to to sensitive, confidential, effectively classified information about ongoing investigations. It's not right. So the takeaway here is that Rudy Giuliani isn't well. Brittany is glaring at me. But he's also a liar. Just like many within the camp. Yesterday on the campaign trail, Donald Trump was rushed off of stage because his supporters in the crowd started to attack, by all accounts, a peaceful Republicans against Trump protester. Someone who is now supporting Hillary Clinton, but is a, a, a Republican. And there started a scuffle. Apparently, this is what's being said, apparently someone screamed he's got a gun and the Secret Service went nuts, grabbed Trump and rushed the orange-faced Fuhrer, scurried him off to safety behind the curtain. Mm -hmm. Kellyanne Conway was on with Jay Tapp, Jake Tapper over at CNN today, and was asked about why is it we know this wasn't an assassination attempt. Two people within the Trump camp, Donald Trump's son and Dan Scavino, or whatever his name is, the uh, David Scavino, the social media director for the campaign, are retweeting tweets about how it was a, a failed assassination attempt, even though there has been no arrest. They took the man into custody and he was released. If it was truly an assassination attempt, you don't get released. Joining me now from New York is Trump campaign manager Kellyanne Conway. Kellyanne, good to see you. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Jake. Hi. So first of all, we're glad everyone's okay. I have to ask, your social media director, Dan Scavino, and a member of Mr. Trump's family, they're retweeting misinformation that this was an assassination attempt. It was not an assassination attempt. Thankfully, should they be spreading this misinformation? Well, I'm glad you're happy to... Okay, well, listen for her answer because it's not going to answer the question. <laughs> She's going to be all over the board for a long time, and then he'll pin her down on the second answer. Listen for the answer that's not coming. That everybody's okay. That's really the main focus here. Um, it's scary. I mean, all the coverage is usually about 
are protesters wreaking havoc and making people feel afraid? And this certainly goes both ways. I'm with Mr. Trump and the Secret Service routinely. They do an amazing job. They are absolutely the unsung heroes, I'm sure, for Mrs. Clinton as well and the Secret Service. Um, we really respect those men and women enormously. And I'm glad nobody was hurt, but it does remind you that in these closing days, especially as the polls tighten, many of us are getting more death threats, getting more um, angry messages on social media and elsewhere. And it's a, you know, it's a pretty fraught environment there. I think that's the real focus here. I also just want to point out, because some people are, are spreading misinformation about the protester, he had canvassed for Hillary Clinton and he had donated to her campaign. So this is a Democratic plant or operative um, trying to disrupt our rally. And I think that people saw a nimble, resilient Donald Trump who would be nimble and resilient as president as well, take back to the stage, Dan Scavino telling mm -hmm. people, we're not going to be stopped. Nobody can interrupt this movement. But, you know, if you're Don Jr. Right. and you're he, on a he, live TV set while you're watching this unfold, it's pretty rattling to think of what may have happened to your father. So I'll excuse him. That. Except it wasn't an assassination attempt. It was a, a, apparently a, a local voter, a Republican, uh, who says he is supporting Hillary Clinton. He, he has Hillary. given money to Hillary Clinton. He has canvassed for Hillary Clinton. Yes. But he says he's a, a Republican. But most importantly, he was not trying to assassinate anyone. Uh, and I, I, here's what I'm talking about. Let's put it up. Donald Trump Jr. and Dan Scavino retweeted this, quote, Hillary ran away from rain today. Trump is back on stage minutes after assassination attempt. Again, we're very happy that this was not an assassination attempt. But why is your campaign spreading that it was? Well, how do you, first of all, that's really remarkable, I have to say, that that's what the storyline is here. Um, I thank you for reminding everybody that the, the rain chased her away. There weren't a lot of people there at her rally to begin with, and the rain just let them running for cover. I think she's got to sort of travel nonstop with Beyonce, Jay-Z, and the likes of that just to prop her up and get a decent crowd. People, by the way, are there to see Beyonce, not to see her. Um, and, you know, Jake, I want to say, are CNN going to retract all the storylines, all the headlines, all the breathless predictions of the last two weeks that it turned out not to be true? The race is over. The path is closed. It's going to be a blowout. You guys retract that, and I'll give a call to Dan Scavino about the retweet. I never reported anything along those lines. I've always been saying that this was going to CNN be a tight election, has. and even when Hillary Who hasn't? CNN certainly has. CNN certainly has. You know, I love CNN, but you got to you got to be honest here. The lower third, what's always on the chyrons, the panelists, the so-called experts constantly saying she can't lose. The race is over. The path is narrowed. And you know what? I actually thank you guys in part I've never, for that. I've never, heard anybody say, I've, I've never heard anybody say the race CNN? is over. We've been saying all along that Donald wow. Trump has a path to the presidency. And she you, you can say, wow, all you want. I've never said that the race was over. We can replay <laughs> as many tapes as you want. She is. A soulless human being. Well, I'm also going to say there's something wrong with her. Well, <laughs> I think that I mean I don't I don't understand it. Um, I wonder what goes through her mind before she goes on shows like this, because she's just not in touch with reality, or she's just denying reality. Right. She knows what the reality is. But she refuses to acknowledge it. She's a bald-faced liar. And it's very... It would be difficult. I mean, think yeah. of... Her attention span is amazing because she has to stay on task. Oh, yeah. It's difficult to be a liar. Yes. And she really has to be with it. Right. To keep on this track of avoiding the question. Well, they're only taking their cues from their orange-faced Fuhrer, Donald Trump, who is the most ridiculous obvious in your face liar of all of them this last week obama was out on the campaign trail and a trump supporter started to protest and in this audience it started getting raucous and they started trying to shout the old man down the crowd and obama did one of the most presidential things, he was more harsh. That's not even debatable. He was harsher on the crowd trying to silence them than he was to the heckler. He was gracious about the rights of the heckler. He was gracious about the political opinions of the heckler. Here's what happened. Hold up. We're talking. Hold up. Hey, listen, 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 listen. 
Everybody. Hey. Hey. Listen up. Hey. I told you to be focused, and you're not focused right now. Listen to what I'm saying. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Everybody sit down and be quiet for a second. Everybody sit down and be quiet for a second. Now listen up. I'm serious. Listen up. You've got an older gentleman who is supporting his candidate. He He's not doing nothing. You don't have to worry about him. You should. This is what I mean about folks not being focused. First of all, first of all, we let, first, hold up. Hold up. First of all, we live in a country that respects free speech. So, second of all, it looks like maybe he might have served in our military and we got to respect that. Third of all, he was elderly and we got to respect our elders. And fourth of all, don't boo. Oh! Don't boo. Oh! Come on! Now, I want you to pay attention. Because if we don't, if we lose focus, we could have problems. This is part of what's happened here during this election season. We just get stirred up for all kinds of reasons that are unnecessary. Just relax. <laughs> that is a gracious man right there. Yeah, it was awesome. He was, without a doubt, harsher to the crowd, raising his voice to the crowd with a gruff tone. Well, what was the deal with the crowd not listening to the President of the United States? Well, it might have been hard <laughs> to hear. I mean, his audio's piped right into us, so we hear it really well. Yeah. It may have been... A little bit more diminished in the auditorium. All right. Giving them the benefit of the doubt. That's right. So he says, look, he's not doing nothing. Leave that guy alone. He's just supporting his candidate. You don't need to worry about him. He goes on to talk about free speech. The The man looked like he had Marine Corps dress blues on like an overcoat, which is wildly uh, against regulations and disrespectful to the uniform as far as I'm concerned. Jesse was a Marine, everybody. So he says you got to respect him because he was in the military. And he's older, so we got to respect him. we got to respect our elders. He goes through a litany of reasons not to disrespect the man. In no way did he disrespect that man. The reason I play this and the reason this, this is poignant is because all of the liars that we've just talked about, Rudy Giuliani, Dan Scavino, Kellyanne Conway, Donald Trump's son, they're taking their marching orders from the chief orange-faced Fuhrer liar, Donald Trump. This is a piece uh, CNN put together of Trump versus the tape. And it's it's Donald Trump in, 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 a, in a rally talking about what we just listened to, telling a rally, a group of Trump supporters, what had happened with Obama and a Trump-supporting protester. You have to go back and look and study and see what happened. Hold up. We're talking. Hey. Hold up. Hold up. And there was a protester. And a protester that likes us. You've got an older gentleman who is supporting his candidate. He, he's not doing nothing. You don't have to worry about him. He was talking to the protesters, screaming at him, really screaming at him. If I spoke the way Obama spoke to that protester. We live in a country that respects free speech. So, second of all, it looks like maybe he might have served in our military and we got to respect that. They would say, he became unhinged, he became... Third of all, he was elderly and we got to respect our elders. And fourth of all, don't boo. Oh! 
And he spent so much time screaming at this protester. And frankly, it was a disgrace. You're the disgrace, Donald Trump. Fucking liar. Unbelievable. I mean, what is... What is this impulse too? Because does he, I mean, he must just assume, and this is kind of an insult to his audience. Yes. That they aren't going to go and find this video themselves. Well, they likely won't. And really check this out. Right. Say, wait a minute. Is he telling the truth? I'm going to go figure this out. He apparently thinks his audience is stupid and won't do that. There is no way to listen to that tape and hear anything other than what took place. Yeah, there's no way. Obama wasn't screaming at the protester. Obama didn't even address the protester directly. He only spoke in glowing terms about the attributes that should be respected about the man. Right. It it is infuriating. And this is one of the reasons why this election is more polarized than a normal presidential election. This is the problem. We're going we're gonna to wrap with the f- three different clips here. Depends on if we have time. Mark Cuban was on the stump for Hillary Clinton the other day, and he brought up some points that really gave me pause about the possibility of having Donald Trump as president and, and the effect that he, the effects of foreign leaders and how they could sway Donald Trump one way or another on issues. There's going to come a time, if Donald Trump, God help us, was president, where a Putin or an Assad would say to him, Donald, if you do this, I'll give you $20 billion. What's $20 billion to them? What's $30 billion? For them, that's nothing. If Donald Trump, who rips off people for thousands, gets offered by some dictator somewhere, some despot somewhere, $20 billion. You think he's going to do what's right for the country? Or do you think he's going to take the money? Do you think he's got the temperament to do the right thing? Do you think he's got the fortitude to do the right thing? Do you think he cares more about you or his bank account? Can you trust Donald Trump? Absolutely not. Now, look, this might be on the hyperbolic side and conjecture. Uh, I'll give you that. But if that doesn't give you a little bit of pause, I don't know what would. Because that could be a very real scenario with an asshole like Putin on the scene. Well, here's the other thing. If that doesn't give you pause and everything we've talked about over the course of the last over one year of time, one year of episodes, when you go to the polls on November 8th, tomorrow for you, Tuesday, economics are very important. They're very important to Trump, apparently. He talks about them all the time. A letter, two separate letters, but a letter has been sent out by, I believe, eight Nobel laureates. Eight separate winners of the Nobel Prize for Economics. Imploring the American people to vote against a Trump presidency because it would be a disaster for not only the U.S. economy, but for the world economy. I think, like many of my colleagues, uh, I'm very concerned about the possibility of a Trump presidency. I think it would be um, disastrous for the economy as well as for other things, and I, I felt uh, compelled to speak out. What specifically do you think would be disastrous for the economy? Um, I don't think that Mr. Trump has coherent economic policies, um, and I think he has advisors who are not uh, competent economists, and, and so um, I just worry about what he would do. I can't help but think back to Brexit when all of the prominent economists and institutions and global elite were, wor- were worried and warning against voting for Brexit, and then it happened, and so far the economy and the markets have held up. 
Well, um, I think uh, it's very early days. I think from a purely economic point of view, Brexit was a, a, a mistake. Um, I think actually there were, there were different arguments for Brexit having to do with um, the British wanted, wanting to take back control from Europe. And actually I have had some, I had some respect for that argument. But I, I, I think it's, it's way too early uh, to, to uh, judge the, the economic impact of that. Uh, but coming back to the U.S., um, I think uh, Donald Trump, you know, is appealing to, to some people who feel left behind um, in economic terms. And I think they, they, it's, their position, it, it, you know, it's quite understandable why they might feel uh, aggrieved. Um, but I think what's wrong is to think that, Trump, that Mr. Trump is actually going to do anything for them. Not, not, none of his policies make me think that he could actually help or will help the people who've been left behind. One of the points in the letter states that he has misled voters in states like Ohio and Michigan by asserting that the renegotiation of NAFTA or the imposition of tariffs on China would substantially increase employment in manufacturing. Do you deny the fact that some of these trade deals that have been in existence have hurt American workers and wages? Um, I do not deny that, you know, trade deals, um, I think, uh, in general, are good for um, the economy as a whole, the U.S. economy as a whole, but there can be winners and there can be losers, uh, and I don't think uh, economists would disagree about that. Uh, actually, I think a lot of the reason that uh, some people have suffered in those states is actually not because of trade deals, it's because of new technology, automation. Uh, I don't know how Donald Trump is going to uh, reverse that. Uh, also, to the extent there are losers, the best thing to do is to stick with the trade deals, but find some way to compensate the losers, as opposed to tearing the deals up. Oliver, it's, the letter does not mention Hillary Clinton. In fact, it just says that it recommends voters choose a different candidate. A separate letter signed by some economists did endorse Clinton. Who is the right candidate? Oh, I think, well, I signed both letters. <laughs> uh, my view is that Hillary Clinton is a, a serious and sensible person who will um, be good for this country. I mean, I, I don't think she's perfect. Uh, I don't agree with all of her policies, but I think she's way better than any of the alternatives. So I, that's why I also signed that letter. Nobel Prize winner. Making judgments based on a lifetime worth of research and statistics and data and knowledge. Choosing Hillary Clinton over Donald Trump. Donald Trump right now, as we speak, is in Minnesota knocking Hillary Clinton for having not been in Minnesota while insisting that he's been there many times. The fact is he's never been there. This is the first time, his first rally there. He's a liar. The other thing he's doing in Minnesota right now, giving the speech right now, is whipping up the fear of immigrants. In Minnesota, in Minneapolis, where there's a large Somali population, a resettlement of Somali refugees. Donald Trump is dangerous. Donald Trump represents hatred and fear and stepping back to a time where many Americans didn't have the freedom they have today. Donald Trump is a wrong choice for America. And I'm look, I'm thankful that our audience is, is who you are. You guys are smart. You guys are informed. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to, to programs like this. And the reason I say this is because I want to I want to cajole. I want to be forceful. Don't sit home tomorrow. Don't think Hillary's got this in the bag because she needs margins to win. Like Kelly's email said, she's afraid of him winning the popular vote but not winning the electoral vote because of the schism, as she put it. Do your part. Go out there. Wait in line. If it's raining, grab a goddamn umbrella. If it's hot, 
wear shorts and maybe still bring an umbrella. It's important to go out there and vote. So as it relates to what you're saying right now, I just want to go over quickly what 538 says. Yeah, it's not like it used to be. Donald Trump has a 35% chance of winning. It used to be like 11 and 12% chance. The popular vote they're projecting right now, Hillary Clinton, 48.3%. Donald Trump, 45.4%. I think it'll be a wider margin than that, but it doesn't matter. The wider the, the, the margin, the more... The more of a mandate it is, the less of a chance there'll be some kind of chicanery on the Donald Trump side. This is the time to let your voice be heard. Go out there and vote on Tuesday. So I guess that's it for the our election coverage. Our presidential election coverage. We really love you guys. We appreciate you sticking around as often as you have over the course of the last many, many months. And uh, the show may change a little. We're going to have to find a kind of a new rhythm. It probably won't change for the next few months because there's going to be a lot of new news. Um, I I would expect moves from Trump with his multimedia network thing. He's, I suspect he's planning and I've predicted he's planning. Maybe you'll have to hear me toot my horn about that in the near future. Let's wrap this up. Taking care of biz. So I saw this video on the Daily Mail's Facebook page, and it's called the Man Up Campaign. Hmm. And it is a campaign that is awesome. And it is advocating something that's near to my heart because I'm a crier. And to mine. And you're a crier. We're both criers on the show. It's a show full of criers. <laughs> People who cry. And this campaign. Not town criers like the ring the bell. Ooh, yeah. yay. Ooh, yay. <laughs> no, we mean like watching commercials and crying. Yes. And this campaign is all about encouraging men to show their emotions. Yeah. And be open with it. Why do we tell boys to stop crying? To harden up. To grow a pair. Well, f*** that. If you feel down, speak up. Because silence can kill. It takes guts to show pain. It takes a man to feel takes balls to cry. And it's even more powerful when you watch it. Yeah, because there's men and boys who are crying on camera. Right. And so it's really powerful. And I think this is an important message because there is still this idea that's floated around that men should not cry and they should be strong and hold things in as if holding things in makes you strong or not crying makes you strong somehow. Right. I I don't know. I've never understood it. It's very strange. This resonates with me because I am an unabashed crier. If you, if you go on YouTube and listen to the last, and this isn't necessarily a plug for sending in your Thanksgiving uh, episode, what you're thankful for. Um, but if you listen to that whole thing after the 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 listener submissions, which starts at about two minutes after the listener submissions thing, Brittany and I talk about what we're thankful for, and I cry. I've cried on this show several times. I'm not ashamed of crying. <laughs> listen, I'm six foot three, two hundred sixty five goddamn pounds. No one looks at me and thinks, "Ah, look at that little wussy." I don't care. I'm. I'm just as strong if I cry as if I don't cry. What do I have to prove by not crying and showing emotion? It's weird to me. I don't I don't understand it. Yeah, and men shouldn't have to feel that way. 
Like they have to absolutely not hide their emotions. They have to go away and do that in private. It's it's weird. I think generally as a society, we're weird about crying. Yeah. Like if we see someone crying, we ooh, I don't I don't know what to do. We get all awkward. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> like everyone should just exist in this happy, smiling. I'm doing great. How are you? <laughs> you know, and and we don't know how to handle anything right. outside of that. So if you're a man out there, cry more. Be open about it. I, it's easy for me because I'm a huggy, touchy, ah, emotional guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm a passionate man, Brittany Page. <laughs> Fiery. Fiery. Even with the tears. <laughs> I think it's important. And, you know, the video really showcases also that there's a, a suicide problem among men because of this. Because of this tamped down, not showing of the feelings, not expressing of the emotions. Right. That's a big deal. Yeah. So. So it's okay to cry. Absolutely. And if you're ever in a movie theater with me and Jesse, we will likely be crying. Yeah, come over and give me a big old hug. <laughs> I cried watching the newest Wonder Woman preview. Yeah, you did. This week or yesterday or whenever it came out. It's it's uh, it's important. Yes. It's part of who we are as human beings. Yes. Dogs don't cry, despite what you're watching those stupid videos. I think monkeys cry. It's unique to us. It's a good thing. I celebrate your humanity is accurate but okay i'm a scientist Brittany. i don't i don't i don't know i'm gonna have to go research what you're saying before right. i believe what you're saying i would expect everybody to do that yeah fact check your host uh-huh all right everybody that's gonna do it for us for this final episode number 255 before the elections go out there like i said vote we want to hear that you voted i don't know how we're gonna hear from you but you know, there's lots of ways. 657-464-7609. If Donald Trump wins, is he going to keep us on the air? Oh, that's a... We might have a problem. <laughs> you can also email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We want your th- Thanksgiving submissions. Go on the YouTubes. Go to the Facebook page and find and listen to what I'm talking about. It's good. It's good. Thank you for supporting the show. If you'd like to support the show other than listening twice a week, you can go to dollamore.com on the left-hand side of the page there. It says support the show. There's lots of ways. PayPal, Patreon, Amazon. We love you guys. Thanks a lot, and we'll see you next time. Until then, for Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt It. This episode brought to you by Wet One Wipes, everybody. (laughs) 